So yeah, as you guys know, we've been um, looking at Luke chapter 6, um, verse 20 to 49 for um, a little while. We're going, going through it step by step, calling out um, some key takeaways. Just a reminder, this is known as like the Sermon on the Plain, similar to um, Sermon on the Mount, um, but yeah, dissimilar. Um, and also to remind you guys, this was a teaching that was given to the disciples. So the disciples, those who were following Jesus, those who were looking to be just like Jesus. Um, and just background as well, just, just, it's supposed that this is a gospel that's written by Luke. Also, Luke also wrote Acts as well. I think it's like the longest gospel actually. And, um, and also Luke, just so you guys know, for those who like their Bible trivia, we wrote about 25% of the, of the New Testament <coughs> in terms of when we go through the length. But I'm going to um, focus on Luke chapter 6, verse 36 to 42 today. So um, who's going to read that? Luke chapter 6, go for it. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, that everybody when he is fully changed will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the love that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take out the log, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. Cool, thank you, thank you. Um, so we're getting there, guys, in terms of we're nearing the end of this chapter, so we've got seven verses left, um, so we're getting there. But I want to focus on the deep particular verses. Um, and I guess sometimes we're asking ourselves, you know, Dan and Josh, why are we spending so much time going through this? And it, it's just to, I think I said to you that as disciples, we went to um, listen to our teacher. And this is a core component of Jesus' teaching in terms of Sermon on the Mount and Sermon on the Plain. And I don't want to take away um, next kind of next week's or the following week's kind of preaching, but we read. Luke chapter 6, verse 47 to 49, quickly, it kind of helps to tell us why we're doing this study. So verse 47, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, a stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. And so these, so these verses are words that come from him, that come from the Father. And we want to be like, we want to be that good man who builds a house, who dug deep, based on what we hear from him. And so that when the floods come, not if, but when they come, we will not be shaken and we will not be moved. 
um, and which is you know a core reason why we're doing this. And also when we when I'm going through this Luke chapter six, I'm seeing a, a clear pattern in terms of where we're being asked to be just like Jesus. So I mean, by being asked to, to forgive, to show mercy, to give, to give grace, and we're being asked to be just like Him. And I think it's like I've learned a lot in the last couple of weeks in that this. I think me and Josh were talking about this is almost it's quite offensive. It's quite like what you want me to forgive? What you want me to turn the other cheek? What you want me to go the extra mile? What you want me to be merciful? It's like these are not things that um that we want to do. These are not things that um that feel comfortable. It's like. Dan, let me just go out and do deliverance. Dan, let me just go out and, you know, and do some, and, 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 go, and go, go and evangelize, you know what I mean? Which is awesome, I mean? But this is talking about um, who we are as citizens of the kingdom in terms of how we operate, how we behave through the spirit and that we are different to the world in terms of how, in terms of how we operate and how we um, monitor around the world that we're in today, that we're completely different in our thinking and completely different in our actions. And so in verse 36, um, we see that we're to be merciful just like our Father. And when we talk about mercy, that's withholding punishment for someone where they deserve it. But we're going to show mercy instead. And once again, this is to remind us that we're just to be just like him. If you read down First Peter, um, chapter 1, verse 3, um, you, don't, you can find it if you want, but I'm going to read it quickly. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So through his great mercy, that has caused us to be born again. Gee, the Father has mercy. And as a result of that, that has caused us to be born again. Very similar in Titus, chapter 3, verse 5. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. We're meant to be just like the Father. He was merciful unto us. We actually have mercy unto others. In terms of when, like punishment is almost like, um, if you had a library card, you had a library book, and they said to you, you need to bring it back in two weeks' time, if not, you'll get fined a pound. You go back to the library now, three weeks, rather than two weeks, and you go over and you're like, here's the book. And they now have a right to find you, and they're like, don't worry, I'm not going to... We won't, we won't, I won't punish you, I won't find you. That's mercy. Um, but the grace on top of that it would be keep the book. That would be great. You don't need like here, like here, take take the book. You know what I mean? You don't deserve it, but here, go and take keep the book. And if you go now read verse 37, um, carry on, talks about judge. Let me get it. Verse 37. Judge not, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you, and you will be forgiven. Um, so when we talk about the word judge, that talks about um, a determination that has been made, or you're condemning someone, but that talks about you, how our 
settling and saying this is this is what it is. I mean, you go look at the words determine that talks about you're enclosing or you're bounding someone. A lot of times, judgment you think about you're putting somebody in like almost imprisoning them. And the word condemns that's referring to you are guilty, you are doomed, you're 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 not fit for purpose. When you look at a building and they say that building is condemned, they would say that building is is unfit for use, it's dangerous. And so we're not to, it says, judge not and condemn not. And a lot of times people use this, even unbelievers, like, don't judge me. I mean, judge not, don't judge me, don't judge me. You can't, you can't, you can't come in, you can't come and correct me, don't judge me. And we use it as a, um, as a way to, to stop people to speak into us or to correct us in any way. But this scripture isn't saying to us, um, to, to say to people, don't judge me. It's about us not judging others. That's the focus in terms of how we determine and how we view um, others. There's some scriptures about Jesus. Did Jesus judge? Was that his, um, was, was that his goal? Was that his, um, you know, his target? Was that to come and judge us? Um, can someone read John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18? Um, for the Lord so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God Thank you, thank you. That's clear that he didn't come to condemn. I mean, but then if you don't believe in him, you are condemned already because he didn't believe that word. But the mission, his mission wasn't to come to condemn the world, but to come and save the world. Because I'm going to read John chapter 12, verse 47 to 48. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me, rejects me and does not receive my words as a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Excellent, thank you. And I think that's clear in that when Jesus came, he didn't come to judge the world, but then on the last day, they shall be judged. And I think that's the distinction that I want to make. Also, you guys come out of your notes, you read Acts chapter 17, verse 3. It says there is a fixed day when he would judge the world. And so I just want to know that when Jesus came, he didn't come to judge, he came to save. But there will be a day when we'll be judged. And so I just wanted to just make that just make that distinction in terms of so if if our focus is about judging people, saying that you're condemned, saying you're this and that, and, and to determine someone to say this is you 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 are going to hell or this is what's gonna to happen to you, we would be out of sync with the mission that the Lord that the, that the Lord has in terms of his on the fixed day, when he comes back is when he is when he will do the judgment. Until then, it's all about saving. It's all about saving people. Um, I can give you an illustration. So imagine you are now um, 
in court, yeah, you committed a crime, there's forensics, there's videos, like, it's, you committed the crime. You know what I mean? It's like, they, you did it. Everyone knows you did it, you know you did it. And so you're now in court, and you've got the judge, and the person who's prosecuting you, his name is Lucifer. There's a jury there as well. And the judge says to you, so this is going to be a trial. We've got 30 days in this trial. On the, on the 30th day, um, me and the jury are going to make our judgment in terms of we're going to determine whether you'll be punished or not. But the judge says to you, if, though, you call out for me to save you, I will give you a way out. But you need to say, yo, judge, can you save me? Yeah? If you don't, on the 30th day, a judgment will be made. Yeah? But the, 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 the evidence is clear. You are guilty. The forensics, there's videos, you are guilty. So, on the first day of the trial, the Lucifer's going for it, showing all the evidence. You don't, you don't tag in the judge to save you. Question. Can that person be judged on that on that first day? No. Okay. Thank you. Um, no, because we're gonna wait until the thirtieth day is what we said. Yeah. Even though we know what the judgment will be on the thirtieth day. So okay, on the second day, he still doesn't say, "Yo, judge, can you help me out?" On the third day, he still doesn't say anything. Help me out. On the fourth day, he says, "Judge, can you save me?" The judge is like, I've got you. You're saved. Yeah? In terms of, even though the evidence is against you, even though there's forensics, I'm going to give you advice. You're, you, like, you're free. You're, I'm going to see you as innocent. I'm still going to make a judgment on the 30th day, but know that you're innocent. Yeah? And so, and also, what I want you to do, I want you to come and join my jury. So can you come and join my jury? So you go and sit in, the, you join this jury. Another person comes, another criminal comes, whose case is similar to yours, it even worse. Yeah? And he says the same offer. Yo, listen, I'm the judge. The evidence is against you. You know you're guilty. I know you're guilty. We know what the punishment is going to be, but on the 30th, on the 30th day, I've got to make a judgment. Yeah? Tag me in whenever you want, and I will save you. Yeah? First day comes. Guy doesn't, doesn't tag in, doesn't tag, doesn't say save me, doesn't say save me, judge. You are now in the jury. You, you are hearing the, the, um, the, persecute, the prosecutors coming up with the evidence. Question, can you judge? Can you judge? So let me tell you why you can't judge, because we haven't yet got to the point of judgment to be made, yeah? And then if you were to judge that person, how should your judgment be based on? Because this is what you need to remember, you was in the same situation, that same spot as that criminal not that long ago. Yeah, so whilst you're hearing the court case and hearing the evidence, you need to remind yourself you're in the jury, yeah, working with the judge. You know this person. You know this person is 
guilty. But remember, you were once guilty just like that person. Yeah? And we need to have this mindset in terms of until we get to that 30th day, yeah, we have a view and have an opinion, but we need to not condemn and determine and say this person is going to hell or this person is going to get punished because our hope is that that person will tap on the judge and say, save me. Save me. Yeah? And we should have that level of empathy to understand that we want them to tap into the same mercy that I tapped into. They want them to tap into the same level of forgiveness that I tapped into. Yeah? So I, I hope that illustration helps you a bit to kind of um, see a picture. And a lot of times we get, we get this question, can, can we judge? Can we determine? And we can, to a degree, and I'll, we'll talk about church discipline um, um, later on, but there's a couple of verses that sometimes we use to say that, yeah, we can judge because, so for example, there's a scripture in, um, in John chapter 7, Verse 24, um, I'll read it. It says, do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgment. And people will be like, see, we can judge then. Well, if you, if you read the context of that, of, the, of that story, so please read it in your own time, the audience are Jews. So there's Jews who were speaking to Jesus at that time. And they're saying to Jesus, you are a de- you've got a demon. There's a, there's a demon on you, it's going to kill you. And they're saying, so his answer back to them is that you are determining by appearance. He goes, but don't, but judge with the right judgment. So it's not, it's not a commandment or an instruction to judge, just to be clear. He's not teaching us to go and judge. And it's very similar to in John chapter 8, verse 15. Um, it talks about you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And the context of that, John chapter 8, 15, is that um, he says, um, I believe in verses above, maybe verse 12 in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. And the Pharisees say back to him, but you, you're being a witness about yourself. Your testimony isn't true. And then his response back to him in verse 15 is, you judge according to the flesh. Yeah. And so in both of those contexts, he's saying to the Jews and the Pharisees that you're judging based on what you see. I mean, that is what his argument is against. So if we use those arguments, if we use those verses to say that, oh, you know, we can judge, I would say that it'd be, um, we'd be using verses out of context. What we can do, I mean, we can correct, we can reprove, we can rebuke, and we can exalt, because what I don't want people to take away from these messages, oh, you can't say anything to me, you know, you can't judge me. There's a big difference in saying to someone, you shouldn't be doing that because the word says this. Versus, oh, you are condemned and the Lord doesn't like you no more. They're, they're two very different things, yeah? Do you know what I mean? I can say to you, um, as a Christian, I mean, you should be following the word because this is what the word says. I can reprove you, I can correct you, and I can encourage you um, to follow the words of the Lord, following follow his, follow his teaching. Um, so I can encourage you. Like, people who use that, don't judge me, don't give me no scripture, it's a lot of times because we're telling them the truth and it's like irritating them. You know what I mean? But they can't, they, they're using the scripture out of context. We should be taking correction. We should be um, approving people. But then 
we need to make sure that we're not doing it from a place of hypocrisy, and we're going to touch that um, touch that later. So I mentioned that we can judge to a degree, but that's in the context of church discipline. Um, can I get someone to read First Corinthians chapter five, verse nine to thirteen, please? <clears throat> I wrote to you a letter in my. Um, I wrote a letter to you in. Sorry, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexual immoral immoral people. Not all meaning the sexual immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Uh, since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, uh, reviler, drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person among you. Among, um, sorry, purge the evil from among you. Really, thank you. So this is a level of judgment that's around church structure and governance. So originally the Corinthians were taking it as anyone that is immoral, don't be part of them. Um, Paul corrects him by saying, no, 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 like, the whole world is immoral. So if I said, don't associate with immoral people, you have to leave the world. But he's, he's saying, those who are in the church, yeah, who are being immoral, who are just being adulterous, etc., and they're practicing and they're practicing that, we're never going to forgive this, where they're saying, this is, I'm going to do it regardless. We're meant to see that and be like, sorry, we're not going to, be a part of you and hang out and hang around with you and be part of this body. But even the whole purpose of us doing that is so that they will feel away with the purpose they will end up becoming restored and come back to the body. But then you but then if you see somebody within the church that's continuously sinning, you've not taken correction, um, and doesn't want and, and doesn't want to um, obey obey what the Jesus teaching, we are to say so we have to separate from them. That is the level of judgment that comes under church discipline. Um, I hope that I hope that makes sense. Um, in verse thirty-seven of Luke chapter six, um, we now see about forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Um, the word forgive means to be set free. It means to release. It means to send away, and it means to um, set at liberty. Things I saw that it made me just boom. Um, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to mind. Um, can I get someone to read Luke chapter 4, verse 18? That's you, Josiah. Yeah. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the covering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Thank you. And so you see a lot of times in Jesus' ministry when he's talking to people, he's like, your sins are forgiven. I mean, you are forgiven. And that is making people to be set free, giving them, giving them um, that liberty to be free, and that you're, you're no longer going to be punished. You're free. Yeah? And then we are called also to be the same. In Ephesians chapter 4, 
verse 32, forgive one another, that one another referring to your brothers, forgive one another as he has forgiven you. And forgiveness is a big thing, yeah, in that when you're holding on to something, I see forgiveness like you've got, a hand, you've got your hand and you're holding on to a ball and you can't receive anything from the Lord until you let go, until you let go that, on, on that stuff that you're holding on to. So I'll even say for any, any one of us within this community, if you feel that you've been wronged, and you, let's say you have been wronged, yeah, but then you're holding on to it, or it be as a grudge, um, or you're just like, yeah, you're just holding on to it as a grudge. My, my ask, my prayer is that you will forgive, that you will let go and forgive them and be, let them to be and, and, set, them, and set them free because it actually also frees us. But then what happens is that as we hold on to it, onto stuff, it ends up becoming, it ends up turning into bitterness, yeah? And bitterness, I like how people describe it. Bitterness is like drinking poison but hoping it hurts the person that you're bitter with. Does that make sense? I mean, it actually ends up hurting you. So every time you see the person, you get vexed. Every time you see the person, you start to feel a certain way. You are the one that is actually um, becoming impacted and affected by your unforgiveness. I mean, by you holding on onto, on, onto that issue. I mean, we're meant to be just like our father who was able to forgive us Therefore, we should forgive others. I'm hoping um, hope that makes sense, guys. Um, I'm going to read Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, um, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And as I've been studying and reading this, it's interesting how a lot of people use this to refer to offering. So like, if you're like for certain churches, this would be like a go-to verse, like, give, do, 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 do. It's like a song, like, um, in the previous church that I've been to, where it's like, since it's offering time, this is like, there's a go-to song, like, give, blah, blah, blah. And actually, when you read this in context, yeah, there's nothing about money that's being mentioned in this chapter. And when it's also talking about pressed down, shaken together, running over, just to help you guys with the, the imagery, in the marketplace, especially with like dry goods like rice, grains, etc., they would pull it into like a measuring container. And as you pull it in, to make sure that it's, um, it's actually filled, like you, you, like you, press, you press it down. Like, for those of you who cook or whoever dealt with rice, I put it into a cup. Sometimes you put the rice in the cup, and when you just shake it a bit, you're like, oh, there's more space. You know what I mean? Or you pat it down. I see you, Josh. I know you understand. I know that. The few cookers who are out there, put your hand up. Those who know, those who know, those who know. But, um, but as you, I see you, Maria. As you, um, like, I see you, Hosea. There's quite a few of us that are cooks here. It's good. I see you, Hannah. But as you, um, <laughs> Uh, I see you, I see you, BB. So those, so most of you know, with it? I see you. <laughs> okay, everyone said they cook now. Good. <laughs> but as you put rice in the cup, you're like, oh, what's going on? And if you pat it down, you can actually make more space. And this is what he's referring to in terms of um, you press it down and you shake it 
and then there's more space and you keep filling it onto it well onto it flows over that's how you know that it's it's filled because it's flowing over shake and press shake and press um, and that's what basically what he's referring to and then when he says put into your bosoms into your robe he's actually talking about here's the stuff take it with you take it like so in their robes back in those days they would like fold their robes into like a pocket so they would take the goods with them that is what this scripture is trying to illustrate, but the context of this isn't about materials, isn't about giving money, it's actually about us being generous in how we treat people, yeah? So in terms of being over-merciful, in terms of being over-forgiving, that is what that verse should be used for rather than um, offering. Let's, let's put things in context. Um, verse 39, you also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? I think that's very straightforward, guys. But then the key thing that we need to know is that we're following Jesus. That's who is leading us. And if you are following a leader, the question we should also ask ourselves, is this person blind? I mean, who are they, who are they following? I mean, who are they with? Are they blind? I mean, so always question yourself in terms of leaders that you are, that you are, that you are following. So now the, the big boy verses 41 42 why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do you notice the log that is in your own eye how can you say to your brother brother let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye you hypocrite First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. So a lot of us have heard this before. I mean, it's also another verse that people will use to say, oh, don't speak to me, deal with the log in your own eye. Now I mean, deal with that first. And there's, and there's truth to that, it's mentioned here. But one thing I want to say is that this scripture isn't saying don't correct your brother. The scripture isn't saying don't help them take the speck out of their own, out of their eye. It clearly says help, you can help them take the speck out of your eye. What it is saying is don't be a hypocrite. And, and it's bringing us back to the awareness of the court case in terms of be aware that you've got stuff. Be aware that there's stuff you've got to deal with. And it's almost like don't be too quick to be pointing, saying, oh, look, there's something in your eye, let me come and sort it out. And you've got a big, massive plank of wood in your own eye. I was overemphasizing, deal with your stuff, because we've all got stuff, yeah? And once you've, once you've dealt with your log, then, then go and help your brother take the speck out of his own eye. And let me tell you why this is useful as well. Because if I've got a log and a speck in my eye, that I've had to deal with, or someone's helped me to deal with. I now have empathy with someone else when they've got a speck in their eye. Yeah? You know what I mean? Like, if I, if I, if I had no understanding of a speck in the eye, and Joseph says, oh, I've got something in my eye, and I was like, oh, let me help you out. And I start smacking his face, blowing on his face, rubbing his face like crazy. You know what I mean? Because I'm not aware of what it feels like. I could actually be doing more damage I can actually be doing more damage, making it even harder for him to see because of how rough I'm being. 
And that's how some that's, that's how some of those people behave in terms of we're just like, let me get this for you, blowing, spitting in their eye. Let me like, I'm sure I can do this out, putting your dirty fingers in their eye, you know what I mean, scratching their scratching their um their their, their eyelids, everything. Do you know what I mean? It's like blowing like crazy and it's like you're actually hurting me. Now I mean you're now you're saying that you're helping me, but you're hurting me. Yeah? And it's like when you've taken the log out of your own eye, when you've gone to the process, I mean where the speck or the log's been removed from your eye, that makes you better equipped, better positioned to have empathy. I mean empathy meaning that you understand that you're able to share in the healing of another to help them with their help them with their situation. So they don't end up getting hurt and mash up. You won't you won't mishandle and you won't be rough. Because the truth is, we all have specs in our eyes. We all need help in removing those specs. But we need to do it from place of not being a hypocrite. And a hypocrite means it's a pretender. A pretender is like a hypocrite means an actor, someone who is pretending. That means someone who is acting, trying to be like, oh, oh let me help you out with this. And let us not be, let's not pretend, let's not be, let's not be pretenders, guys. Let's not pretend that we have it all together. When you're able to say, hey, let me help you take that out of your eye, because I also have had that before, and I've been able to take it out of my eye, or someone else helped me take it out of my eye, that puts you in a much better position to help others. Also, when we're going, going back to the court case, when we're able to say, hey, of course I'm going to show mercy on you and forgive you, because I've been forgiven. Yeah? And this all comes back down to, we, you will reap what you sow. You know what I mean? So by me being merciful, I will reap that mercy. Yeah? And that same measure that you measure and operate in life with the same way that you will be measured with. So in conclusion, guys, treat people how you want to be treated. No, no, let me, let me correct that. Treat people how you've been treated by him, the judge. Yes? Treat people how you have been treated by the judge. All of us are now part of the jury. We're now working with the judge. When that criminal is put in front of us, what how are you going to see that person? Are you going to make a judgment now? Or are you going to hope that that person taps onto Jesus, taps onto the judge and says, set me free so that they can just be just like you, someone who has been given the gift of mercy, the gift of grace, and the gift of forgiveness. Until that day, until that day comes, let's continue to show people forgiveness and mercy and hope that they will tap onto the judge who can save them.